to Health by Heather Hirsch, a podcast dedicated to uncovering many of the women's health issues many of us are wondering about, but few of us are talking about. My mission is to expose the current gaps in knowledge and care on all things women's health. Enjoy. Today's podcast is sponsored by Sweet Spot Labs. Intimate dryness is one of the things I get asked about most in my practice. What I like to remind patients is that estrogen is to the vulva what collagen is to the face. As estrogen decreases, so does the moisture in your intimate skin, which can lead to drier, thinner vulvar skin. They can commonly become more sensitive, itchy, and susceptible to contact dermatitis. There aren't many solutions out there that are safe, effective, and have a texture that's pleasurable to use. And that's why I absolutely love Rescue Balm from Sweet Spot Labs. It literally rescues intimate skin without compromise. It's a 100% naturally derived multi-purpose balm that moisturizes, soothes, and protects your most intimate and sensitive skin from dryness, itch, and irritation thanks to its triple moisturizing complex. Just as important as what's in it is what's not in it. Like all Sweet Spot Lab products, Rescue Balm is consciously clean and clinically proven to elicit zero size of gynecological or dermal irritation on intimate skin. And because it's estrogen free, it can be used in adjunct to hormone therapy. Visit sweetspotlabs.com and use code Dr. Hirsch at checkout for 20% off your first order. That's sweetspotlabs.com, S-W-E-E-T-S-P-O-T-L-A-B-S.com and code Dr. Hirsch for 20% off. I'm so excited to have my good friend, new good friend, Stacia on the show today. And the way we met is I was scrolling through my DMs, which I don't do all that often, although I know I need to, because there's always information and there's always gems in there. And Stacia was a gem in there. And she'd been listening to my show and actually had a really interesting comment that I wanted to dive in deeper with her. So today we're going to be talking about showing love to your today body, which is something she came up with. And so I don't want to take that credit away from her. And I really love this topic because we talk a lot and, and I, women talk a lot and there's lots of social media about our bodies and aging. And certainly culture has our society and culture has ideas on how women should age. So I'm just excited to jump into this conversation. Stacia, how are you? I'm well, thank you, Heather, for having me. I'm so excited. So tell me a little bit about, we're going to be talking about loving your today body, which I love. Tell me a little bit about your background and basically just your story, your life story. (laughs) In what, five minutes, my life story? (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) So I, um, just to keep it on topic of, you know, the conversation we're having about showing love to our today bodies, it's really, I, like many women, was at war with my body for most of my life. I, (laughs) I think back to all the times when I just hated my body and a lot of people can probably relate. When I was 20, I hated my body. When I was 25, I hated my body. And I looked back at my 20 year old body and I thought, oh, oh, oh." (laughs) all that wasted energy, all that, right. And then you're 30. And then I hate my body. And I look back at my 25 year old body and go, oh, yeah. And then I'm 35 and I hate my body. And I look back at my 30 year old body and I go, what was I thinking? I looked so great. Right. Mm -hmm. And then eventually at 40, I was like, wait a minute, Mm -hmm. (laughs) I've been doing this for 20 years. Yep. 
And when I'm 45, I'm going to look back at my 40 year old body and go, oh, right. So then it became clear to me that I am trying to win a game that is fixed. I cannot win this game, right? Mm -hmm. And so for decades, I would look in the mirror and I would feel disgust. I would say things like my body is disgusting, right? Mm -hmm. And I'm a 5'8 and I weighed 135 pounds and I would use words like disgusting to describe my body. Mm -hmm. And and it's, it's almost embarrassing for me to say that I'm a pretty small person, right? Mm -hmm. And what I've learned over the years is that shame for so many of us is a one size fits all phenomenon, mm-hmm. right? Yep. I have worked with thousands of women. You've worked with thousands of women, I'm sure over your career. And I have worked with women of all shapes and sizes. The women that I look at and I'm like, if only I had their thighs, mm-hmm. then I would be happy. And then they start telling you their shame story. Mm-hmm. And you begin to realize that no matter where you look, the shame is everywhere. Mm-hmm. I hated getting dressed. Nothing ever fit me. I was at war with my closet. I mean, <laughs> it was hard. It was hard. Yeah. And, and, and then, I mean, eventually, I mean, the sort of like the story is for myself, I changed my pants and it changed my life. But <laughs> I kept wearing, I mean, it's like this funny thing, like I changed my pants and it changed my life. I did a TED talk about it. Um, yeah. And, and it's, it's just been, you know, for, for decades, I was trying to put my pants, my body in pants that didn't fit me and my body. How many of us have done that? Oh, you know, it was not that long ago that, um, I started getting into TikTok and there was, must've been some TikTok that I saw or someone who was, you know, talking about style and fashion. And it was this message of your clothes should work for you. You shouldn't work for your clothes. But again, same idea. Like I never thought about that, but you know, that must be, we can't be the only two that Uh, must just be so conditioned in either our culture or our society or et cetera. So let's talk about that. Mm -hmm. So it, it is. I mean, we live in a, a fat phobic culture. And I think that that's something that we've all experienced. We all fear being fat, looking fat. Do these pants, what, what do you think? Do these pants make my butt look big? Right? Mm-hmm. Like these questions, does this make my, can I wear a belt or does it make my belly look too big? Every, like it, it's phenomenal, phenomenal. It's, it blows my mind how many women have body shame. Mm-hmm. Teeny women, large women, tall women, short women, all the shapes of <laughs> the women, right? And it's and probably I, starting younger and younger and younger. Oh, I mean, the statistics now are, it, I mean, the, the shame is starting in, in, in single digits, you know, six, seven, eight years old, oh. um, where the shame is beginning. And it makes sense because they are being raised by women who are also of their bodies. And one of the things that I just want to say is I think it's really easy to, and I've spoken to so many women who have said, oh, I'm good in that department. I, I, I hate my body. Like my body is my belly. It's great. And like my, I would never wear a bathing suit. And I definitely don't wear shorts, even when it's a thousand degrees out, but I never badmouth my body in front of my kids. That's good. That covers you 5%. The 95% of your shame that is being read 
through the ways in which you stop and look at your body or don't look at your body, the way you hide your body, the way you fidget, the way you don't put on a bathing suit when it's 95 degrees out, the way you wear long pants when it's hot, the way you don't put short sleeves on because you're afraid of the arm, you know, the <laughs> arm jiggle. <laughs> I'm showing you mine right now. Yep, ditto. <laughs> right? <laughs> you know, or the, the, the cleavage that we're ashamed of, the ways in which we hide our bodies, we tend to wear our shame. Yeah. And I can yeah. see, I can be out and about and I can say, I know exactly where her shame spot is because I can tell by the way she's wearing her clothes. Uh huh. And I can tell by the way she's fidgeting. That is what our kids are picking up. Ah, uh, that's so, so that's a gem right there. Actually, that's, that is brilliant. Yeah. So, um, tell me what, what, um, what kind of, what, oh, wow. I really cannot get my words out because it's too hot in this attic. Um, <laughs> what motivated you to be like, Oh, I need to talk to Heather about this. I need to send her this DM after mm. listening to this show. Yeah. So one of the, so when we were listening, I was listening to the show about the, I can't remember the men, menopause belly, menabelly, menopause. I don't know. I can't remember what you called it, but there's all kinds of different words for it. Mm-hmm. Um, what was it? Menobelly? Do you remember? Yep, I think, yeah, I think yeah. that was the one. Yeah. And what, one of the, I think when we start talking about our bodies, especially during such a significant change, like perimenopause, right? As we're leading our way up into menopause, um, our bodies are going to change yet. We have words like menopause or menobelly, which are, they're shaming words. There's no way around. I don't think if anybody ever said, Stacia, you have a menopause belly that that wouldn't provoke shame in me. It's not a compliment. (laughs) It's not, certainly not. It's It's not not a compliment, right? So right out of the gate, we're shamed for our bodies doing a very natural body thing. This mm-hmm. is what bodies do, mm-hmm. right? And so I think, you know, in the episode, there was a little bit of talk about restrictive um, dieting. And of course that not being, you know, great for everybody, but so much of it, I think conversations around menopause and menopause belly really is directed toward us being, us kind of like losing control of our bodies mm-hmm. and doing what we can do to kind of get our bodies back. Yeah. Like give me an example of that. Um, so well, diet and exercise are tools that we use to dominate our bodies, right. To get them back the way that we want them to be. And I had sent an email to you. And I think in my note to you, what I had said was, you know, when I was in my twenties and thirties, I really thought I had control of my body. You know, when I would put on a little bit, because I live in New England. And so I think a lot of New Englanders, we fluff up during the winter months. Oh, uh, we, we sure do. Spring, <laughs> right? We, we love to fluff and then shed. Yeah. And then we shed in the spring. And, <laughs> you know, and I would know that when the wet, because I'm in Vermont and when things start, you know, things start warming up, I get out and I'm moving my body more and the pounds come right off. And it became kind of like this predictable cycle. I move, I lose weight. Done. Mm-hmm. And then now, now I'm 47, I'm not 27, I'm not 37. And I go and I move and I'm like, whoa, wait, wait a minute. My body's not responding the way it used to. I'm losing control of my body, right? And this is where I think is so important because the truth is I never had control of my body. I was younger, 
I didn't have as much stress in my life. I was perhaps sleeping better. I had, I mean, this comes down to the biology, right? Like I'm younger, I have more muscle mass. So my body is more efficient at burning calories. Like all the systems are different. I did a thing, my body behaved the way I wanted it to. I got my desired results. I called that control. That's not control. That's just cause and biology. Effect. That's just biology. And it happened to work in my favor. Then yeah. my body, my life shifts. I just came out of two years of a pandemic. I think we all did, right? There was I think more, that's stress. True. <laughs> more stress. We've all experienced the last couple of years have been really, really stressful. I have had, I've struggled with insomnia. I can't tell you how many women I've talked to who have struggled with insomnia, right? So the systems are shifting. My body is shifting. My belly is softer than it used to be. I would say I'm about a year into perimenopause where my periods are shifting. I'm getting like sweaty at night and needing to put ice packs, sleeping on ice packs and air conditioner, even when that's how, you know, I'm officially (laughs) diagnosing you with perimenopause. I'm in it. I'm in it. Right. And so then I go and do the things that I've always done and no longer is my body responding the way I want it to. And so I say to myself, I've lost control of my body. That's actually not true. It's just not responding the way that I want it to. I blame myself for losing control. I blame my body for not being obedient because the systems have told me stay young, stay thin, stay relevant. Mm-hmm. What the systems are like the, the system, which I mean, like society, culture, whatever, is putting this on me as if it is my responsibility to beat biology. Mm-hmm. It's bananas. Yep. yep. It's bananas. It doesn't work that way, right? So if I can instead learn to, instead of dominate my body through diet and exercise and make it do what I want it to do, if I can start to listen to my body, relate to my body, show love to my body, not to get a desired result, but to show my body, I'm on your team. Mm-hmm. You are a good body. This is one of my things. If you follow me on social media, I will say this at least four times a week. I have a good body that does good body things. My body's job is not to fit into my pre-pandemic genes. That is not my body's job. Yeah. I think this perspective is so interesting. And I think this other part of the conversation is so necessary. So as you've talked about showing your body love today and talked about some of those themes, kindness, um, appreciation, how do you recommend for students, clients that you do those on a practical day-to-day basis? What are some examples of how women listening who are really sort of jiving with this can jump in and start? Mm-hmm. Well, I think one of the important things to um, to really listen to the words is uh, what I'm saying is showing love to your today body, not loving your today body. Um, and also like today body is really, really important. I'm not talking about your yesterday body or your Sunday body. I'm talking about the body you have right now. Mm-hmm. What you, your only, your one and only body that does so many things without your, like you don't even, it just, it just heals it metabolizes, it circulates, it breathes, it turns food into energy. 
Right. Mind-blowing. Mind-blowing. Yeah. It was like a science fiction movie. It it doesn't even make sense. It's so phenomenal. These are the things our bodies do for us. If we can consistently remember, have a mantra. Mine is, I have a good body Mm -hmm. that does good body things. And I will put my hand on my, both hands on my chest. When I'm having these emotions of my pants don't fit, I have cellulite in my thighs, look at my belly. I will put my hands on my chest and I will say, I have a good body that does good body things. I love me a good mantra so much. Mm. They are so grounding. They put you in the presence and I'm going to take that. Right. And it's true because a lot of mantras we're taught are kind of bullshit and they're not true. (laughs) Right. Like I love the cellulite on my thighs. Actually, no. And I'm never going to trick myself into believing that. Right. (laughs) But if I can say, I love my good body that does good body things. I am speaking true because I'm loving my body for the good things that it does for me. What Mm -hmm. my body's job, what's my body's job. Right. Mm -hmm. So one of the things that I do well, many of the, I do many things for my body. One, I only wear clothes that fit me. I will never wear <laughs> clothes that hurt my feelings. If Let's you- talk about this. I feel like this is a lesson that seems so simplistic at baseline, but it's not. So let's it, dig into this. Oh, it is, it is. It is a big deal. If you had one rule for your closet, there are so many rules. Can't do this ever 40. Can't do that. Can't wear this. Can't wear that. Fashion police are going to come get you, right? Like it's all this fear, fear, fear. What if I wear this color? What if it's the wrong color? Yeah. The only rule that I think we need to remember is I will never put anything on my body that hurts my feelings. What I mean by that is I put pants on and the voice inside my head says, you've let yourself go. Look Mm -hmm. at what's happened to you. Mm -hmm. I can't believe you've done this to yourself. Uh, uh, Gone. (laughs) I will not wear pants that hurt my feelings. I won't wear a shirt that hurts my feelings. I won't wear underpants that dig in. I won't wear- That's a good one. People wear underwear that digs in all the time. All the time. Because they don't want to go up a size and pay $7 for another pair of underpants. Yep. Come on. Yep. Yep. (laughs) Me me included. I'm sure. I actually just did an overhaul and it felt so good. Yeah. Right. So bras that fit. Yep. Bras that fit and feel good. Panties that don't get pants that aren't too short in the rise. So yep. that when you sit down, your crotch catches on fire because who wants like that? So yep. I won't wear, I won't wear underwire anymore. I don't wear underwire the underwear that hurt my feelings. Underwire hurt oh. my feelings. I don't wear them. I just bought a new bra yesterday. Look, I just flipped my shirt up and I'm showing you. Oh yes. Beautiful. Yes. Can feels we thank so good in my body? Like a hug. I, I, what? What is, yes, I'm offended by underwire, offended. It hurts my feelings (laughs) and it hurts my body. Yeah. Was that meant to just prop boobs up? I mean, yeah, let's, I'm, I'm actually now looking back, I'm actually quite (laughs) pissed about underwire and its entire existence. Yeah. I haven't worn underwire in about 20 years. Um, Oh, I'm never going back. Some women wear it, love it. If they can find a bra that fits them, it works, but it depends on our anatomy too, right? Yeah. Not all bodies are the same. I have some sticky outy ribs and I legit ended up in the hospital one time with bruised lungs and I didn't know what it was. And it was my underwire bra, right? Yeah. And I was like, never doing that again. Like this is mm-hmm. not good for my biology. Right. Things we have, we think we have to do when we don't, you know. Now, what if you wear pants and, you know, there's some jiggle there, but you don't feel offended. Is that an okay by you? It's, it, how does it make you feel? Mm-hmm. That's the answer to the question. So I teach style school. 
right? Style school is not really about the clothes I run. So I, this is what I teach. I teach, I'm in a session right now. And I, I teach, I don't teach the rules. People come in thinking they're going to be like, Stacia's going to tell me where to buy my pants, which pants to wear, and I'm going to be golden. And I'm like, I don't, I don't know. There's anybody that thinks they can tell you that is lying straight to your face because we're all different. There are so yep. many different ways to have a body. Yep. There is no, these pants are perfect for lying. Everybody <laughs> can wear this. Lying. One size fits lying. lying. All lying. So the yeah. only question that I ask folks, and it comes down to the same one, like I refuse to wear anything that hurts my feelings. How do these make me feel? Mm -hmm. If I put on a pair of pants and I go, oh, I feel alive. I feel vibrant. I feel strong in my today body. Then I don't care if they're the right shape for my body. I am getting dressed to feel good, not to look good to an observer. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Right. If I get stuck in that and I look in the mirror and all I can see are my hips, then I'm going to go back. I'm going to collect my body's data. I'm going to learn a little bit about balance and proportion. I'm going to balance my shape so I can see my whole body. And then I can do the work of healing the shame, right? Mm -hmm. Because sometimes we can't do it because the shame is so overwhelming. Yeah. And, and, and just been just generational and just oh. for decades, oh, right. decades, decades yeah. and decades. One of the things I'd say the number one thing that gets passed down from generation to generation is shame. It's mm -hmm. intergenerational body shame. And mm -hmm. if you start going back and looking at your family history, your mother was, and oftentimes the shame we carry isn't even our own. Mm. Yeah, you're right. You're right. It's somebody will come in and they'll start telling me their shame story. And I'm like, what? I don't know where you're talking. This thing that you're ashamed of, you don't even have it. Whose story are you telling me? And then you start digging and it's like, oh, that's your mother's shame story. Mm -hmm. And you took it on as your own and it doesn't even apply to your body. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. You know, so shame is this one thing that we're taught that is what keeps us in line. And, and it also seems to be this thing that keeps us bonded. It's in a, in, not in oh, a good way, but right. You, when I'm thinking way. about when, yeah. uh, you know, I'm thinking about, I don't know, maybe not so much now I'm almost, you know, I'm going to be 40, but you know, sort of like, oh, those don't fit me anymore. Yeah, me neither. Like, blah, blah, you know, just back and forth with the like, well, yeah, you know, our bodies are so disgusting right now. Like, you know, I wouldn't wear that anymore. Oh, of course not. Or like, oh, you know, I can't fit into this side. Oh, me neither. And, and I think that as friends, we share the shame or something, or we bond over the shame and it's not good, but we all kind of partake into it. Absolutely. I call it, um, um, sort of building community through commiseration. Yeah. Um, yeah. 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 Oh, you've got build, a term for everything. Yes. yes. <laughs> it's building community. It's co it's like community commiseration. Yeah. Um, and when I teach day one, I say community commiseration, not allowed. If you're looking for to someone to other people to be like, Oh, I can't wear not with this belly. Nobody needs to see this. This is the wrong place for you because mm -hmm. I'm going to tell you, you have a good body up one side and down the other. And if it's going to bug you, this is probably not the right place <laughs> for you because I love your body. Uh -huh. You have an incredible body that does great body things. And I am not going to stop telling you how amazing I think you are. Right? Like that's just, we do, we do this community commiseration. And what it does 
is we uphold the bullshits. I don't know if I can swear. We uphold these BS, 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 bullshit beauty standards. So when I say, oh, not with this belly, what I'm telling you is I believe there is one right way to have a belly and I don't have it. And if your belly is anything like mine, then you don't, then you're, you're no good. Right. So every time I express my shame, what I am saying, I believe I'm saying, I believe there is one right way to have a body. I am saying, if your body is like mine, you're shit out of luck. And we often as women will do this thing. That's such BS. We'll say, oh, I'm just talking about my body, not your body. Your body's fine. Right. And I'm like, "Mm, nice try. But what you're saying is I believe in a system. Yeah. And that's it. That's the end of the, like, I believe in this system. I believe this is true. Right. That's what we're saying. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. So what is your response to, what do you think about what do you think? Oh, I, I, right. I want to say the words like, what do you think about diet and exercising? Um, cause I'm assuming you don't think they're all bad or harmful, but how do you think sort of in this body appreciative way you can, uh, partake or accept or enjoy those things? Do you know what yeah. I'm trying to say? Yep. I'm not even I sure what I'm trying to say. Know. You might yep. know. Yep. A hundred percent. Um, so here's what I think. I think number one, we have to be honest with ourselves. I just had this conversation with some gals a couple of days ago. And one of the things we'll say, but I need to lose weight. Cause you know, my knees are starting to hurt, or I'm really concerned about my cardiovascular health, or, um, I just am not as spry as I used to be. I can't get it. Then I go, right. But really, why do you want to lose weight? Mm-hmm. We say these things because these are the socially acceptable things that nobody uh-huh. uh-huh. on. Gosh, you're like, right. You're so you right. And they're like, well, because I want to get back into my old pants. Mm -hmm. I used Mm -hmm. to be an eight. I want to be an eight again. I used to be a 10. I want to be a 10. I used to be a 16. I want to be a 16 again, whatever. Mm -hmm. Right. We Mm -hmm. tend to lie to ourselves about what our motivations are. First Mm -hmm. things first, we've got to be honest because not only we're, we're spreading lies. Mm -hmm. Oh, I just, I'm a small person with achy knees. I know women that are way bigger than me with knees that can bounce up at Lizzo. Let's look at Lizzo. <laughs> Lizzo has more stamina, more energy. She can do splits. She can do shit my body could never dream of doing. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Right? She mm-hmm. has more endurance, more, I mean, stamina. I'm telling you. So, so many things we think we can write these things off as this righteous thing that we want to do. Really, it's because you want to fit into your small pants. So one, I think, okay, being honest, if yeah. you are concerned about your cardiovascular health, what can you do to move your body? Why does weight loss have anything to do with that? Yeah, I always actually, I totally agree. And I say this all the time that I move for my mental health and that's its main purpose is for my mental health. As long as you're being honest with yourself. And I like, here I am challenging the podcast host, but I would say things like that to myself sometimes. And I'm like totally lying to myself, right? No, I think I'm at the point where I'm not lying to myself. That's awesome. But, but but it, I wouldn't say that was always the case for sure. That's right. right. You know, I think I have um, gotten to the point where I do love my body, not every day. And it's not as, it's always a challenge. Yeah. But I'm, I think it's like a term turning 40. So I'm like, this is the body I've had for a long time. And, and actually, you know, this is, this is really true. I really mean this. I, maybe it was around maybe like after my third child and he was born prematurely. And so that was kind of traumatic, yeah. Yeah. And especially having all those trauma happen to your body kind of like sporadically. Yeah. And 
after since that and just kind of having a new appreciation I was always appreciative of like my body having babies I think that's maybe a useful point for people to think about but then we also still go back to like wow post body post baby body right that's like a word that's like a term but after that I really kind of just feel like I have lived in a pretty similar body and kind of always been pretty similar. And so it's just like, you know what? I think my body's pretty cool. I don't think it's going to change a lot or it will, but like, it always kind of has its, its thing. And like, let's just stop trying to, let's just really just let it, let's just let her be. Yeah. Um, and so there is this old TikTok. Um, I know I've referenced TikTok like three times now in this show <laughs> where it was this old trend where it was this like marching sound and it was like going to do my stupid mental health walk. Yeah. And it was funny because um, obviously the word stupid was really more like, you know, I don't really want to move my body, but I should. And I really kind of remember that. And every time I used to love exercising really for the endorphins and loved it, but uh, now life is different. And if I can get 20 minutes in mm-hmm. and just do a jog a few times a week, I feel awesome, That's great. but it's for my mental health. I'm like, have you got to do this because it, your body is, you're just going to function better. You're just going to be oiled better. You're just going to be better. But you know, I am at that age where it's just like, Oh, but I, I love it, but I, you know, I don't really want to. So, but it's been a journey and it's probably always going to have its ebbs and flows, but I think that's why you're, you're the entire message and the entire idea behind what you wanted to talk about today really resonates with me. And I hope so many people, mm-hmm. because you're totally right. Changing your pants changed your life. Mm-hmm. It's too often that we have, we try to fit into a mold forever. Mm-hmm. Um, so tell me a little bit enough about me, but tell me a little bit about how your, your Ted talk experience went and how many lives you feel like you've been able to like, kind of like the response to your philosophy. Um. The TED talk was a huge, like a huge turning point from, for my business, for sure. For you know, sure. When I, when I did the TED talk, um, I was like, I don't know, maybe 5,000 people will see this. And it just like, it's been over 600,000 people have seen it. That's a lot of people. It's a lot you of know? people. That's more than half a million people. Holy moly. That's amazing. Um, That's the power. So- yeah, it was really great. And then, you know, so I've, it's really given me an international platform. So because people watch TED Talks all over the world, right? So that's been really neat. And it was, it was my first time ever public speaking. So I went from like nothing to my first time ever miking up. It was that's so <laughs> crazy and cool. It was, it was, it was bananas for me. Um, and, you know, interestingly, the TED Talk was more about um, what I call inside out congruency and less about this stuff, the body stuff, but it's all really in so many ways it's connected. So the Ted talk was, you know, inside out congruency, who are you on the inside and how do you reflect that on the outside? How do Mm -hmm. you show up as who you are instead of trying to meet what society thinks you should be Mm -hmm. right. And so it's pretty audacious. It's pretty audacious to show up in a way that reflects your you-ness on the outside. And so that's the foundation of my work. So between being gutsy enough to, you know, show like, this is me, ah, right? Uh, All the parts of me. And, And then doing that healing work of building a relationship with your today body and 
um, you know, you know, whether, and I just, just to go back to um, the movement thing, just for a hot second, one of the things that I wanted to share when it comes to movement is finding movement that doesn't trigger your body stuff, right? Mm -hmm. So that's a huge thing. And so, for example, I used to be a runner and then I would come in and I would have my little measuring tape and I would measure to see how my body was shifting and changing. I still don't run, right? Mm -hmm. I can walk, doesn't trigger that in my brain. I did hip hop classes before it was hysterical because I was falling all over my feet, but it was awesome. It was great movement. I hike every Sunday. I've been hiking every Sunday for about five years now. Um, so I find ways to move my body that feel good, but also listen to my body as I'm doing those things. So yeah. if I'm walking and I'm like, oh, I just, I just did this the other day. I wanted to stop and smell the orange blossoms. That's like these faux, it was beautiful. And I was like, no, must keep running, keep my heart rate up. And then I was like, what am Who I doing? Who gives a shit about the heart rate? What am I doing? Missing I life. I stop and smell the damn flowers, right? Yeah. So I stopped yeah. what I was doing and said, let's get back into my body. And often when I walk, I'll stop and I'll go, my back feels tight. I'm just going to stretch a little bit, which goes against my diet culture learning of, you know, we're swimming in the sea of diet culture and change your body and keep your heart rate up and burn calories and da, 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 da. So really like listening to my, what foods do I want to eat? What movement do I want? What clothes do I want on my body? And really asking my body, what do you want? What do you need from me? Mm -hmm. Yeah. And then, and then honoring that, right? So building that relationship, putting your insides on the outside. So it's all like matchy matchy and congruent. And so like doing those things will absolutely, it changes the way you, the way you relate with your body, you relate with other women, you become less judgmental, less critical. <clears throat> and just generally you trust yourself more, greater intuition, right? Like when you build this relationship with your body, the whole, your whole world changes. Yeah. I was going to say like, you're such a inspirational a storyteller and the way you can kind of take these complex ideologies and put them into context for people. Mm -hmm. And certainly, as you just said, part of being able to become such a powerhouse is the shift you made yourself. Yeah. And it's, it's awesome that you also get to teach and you, you know, help other people. Mm -hmm. I, that's so interesting. It's funny. Cause as you were talking, I was thinking, Oh, you know, I used to do a lot more group classes or CrossFit, which I loved, but that actually was more of a trigger for me than running, which is interesting. Right. Cause it's kind of all different of, cause I would always be like, gosh, she's like so defined and I'm just, like, um, and running for me is my way to just be like, no one can find me mm. <laughs> and I just can be alone. Mm. can find me and when you're a parent that alone time is just it is amazing <laughs> and so good <laughs> you know even just today I I got you know I usually I do like a two-mile loop which is funny I used to run marathons and pff, th those days are long gone and that's fine maybe they'll come back and that will make me happy but you know I I, I get to the point where I'm like I need to walk and I'm like okay old me would have been like no oh my gosh what a loser um but you know it's so funny because I, I had walk walking shame Oh, for probably a couple of years, I had walking shame where people would, I would, I would be out and nobody would be around and I'd walk and then somebody would come and I would start to run because I was too embarrassed to be seen walking, walking. because I'm a runner, <laughs> only the wimps walk. Like that was this stupid story I had in my head, Told right? Yourself. Yep. And now yep. I walk, not only do I walk, I stop 
and I stretch and I bend down and my butt's up in the air and I'm just yes. like I'm touching my toes. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, and I think you can, t- the imagery of like really like enjoying life, not letting it pass by you and not be ruled by other things. We have so such a short time on this earth, not to be morbid, but, and to spend it all trying to create this, trying to win this game that cannot be won, no matter who you are, no matter who you are, um, is silly and useless. And so I, I, I love, I love your message so much. So if people do want to, you know, where can people find you? I'm going to put all the links down in the description of the show, but where can people find you or work with you? Um, I spend most of my time on Instagram. I'm not even on the TikTok. So you're talking a foreign language to me with all your TikTok talk. Um, so I spend a lot of time on Instagram. It's where I love to hang out. And I, I'm a, I mean, I'm a storyteller. So all of my posts are just stories or I tell stories in stories. Um, so that's where I mostly hang out. I have my website, stachiasavasic.com. Um, and I teach style school. That's my, like my primary program. And then in the, um, in January, I teach a fun, like two week, uh, word of the year, wearing your word workshop, which is super fun. You know, it's inexpensive and just a fun way to like taste test. What would it be like to work with Stacia? Um, but yeah. otherwise I run style school three, usually three times a year. Um, oh my gosh. Well, big cohorts. Yeah. when are you going to write a book? Because right. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, you, you I kind of have to. I cut. Yes, I'm actually. <laughs> I've um, taken the summer off this summer, um, so I'm wrapping up a session of style school now. And then I usually run a monthly membership, um, yeah. and I let the gals know that I was taking June, July, August off uh, to rest and recover because I we really could have a whole conversation about hustle culture. Yeah, I mean, holy moly. Yeah, um, especially in midlife when you need to feel like you've accomplished something in your life, right? So I just was like, to hell with it. I'm taking two, three months off just to like be and let the ideas percolate. I have one of my, some of my gals are putting together some of my content because I write all the time. I'm a, like, like I write daily emails um, for the gals in my membership and they're starting to pull the stuff together for me to say, Aww. we need your book and we need it now. Aww. So I've been working, I started a book proposal about a couple of years ago and I just didn't have the emotional capacity to continue with it. Yeah. Um, but I'm starting to, with this rest phase to imagine my life as an, you know, as being like, what an author who, who, it uh, sounds bananas to me. I also, I mean, I was saying in the beginning, um, my background is in ecology and but, like, this was not the life <laughs> on I, the menu. <laughs> this was not like, what a book. I don't even know how to write yet. I write all the time. Um, yeah. It is defining my own stories. I, yeah. You know, I, I, I certainly think if you choose to spend your energy that way, it would be amazing. Mm, Yeah. Yeah. I got, I got lots to say. So, well, thank you so much. This has been such a really great experience personally, um, and selfishly. Um, and it's been really great to get to know you. I love this complimentary show and I love that, um, there are so many different ways to lenses in which to, to view the world. And this is such a positive and kind uh, message that we all kind of need to take in. And one that probably needs to be practiced before you can really understand it and feel it. So thank you so much for sharing all your wisdom and your, thank you so much. Thank you, Heather.
<laughs> all right. Well, great. thank you guys for listening in. If you stuck around all the way to the end of the show, please definitely look in the descriptions for the show. If you want to find uh, more about my incredible guest and I will see you guys next week for a brand new episode. Bye everyone. If I haven't already done so, thank you. Thank you from the bottom of my heart for listening to my show. Consider subscribing so you never miss an episode. Also, if you love the show, your stars or a quick review could really help other women who are searching for information on menopause and midlife around the globe find this show. If you want to work with me, consider the Reclaiming Menopause Masterclass. The link for that is in the description to this show. Thank you again from the bottom of my heart for all your support, and I'll see you next week for a brand new episode. Episode.